0: hi it's radian g with the holistic health hotline march is coming in like a lion isn't it in most parts of our country anyway and in other places also um... you notice that there was a volcanic eruption in um, south america i think it was in chile i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure it was in chile because the uh... smoke was pink and there's so much copper in Chile that it makes makes the smoke it makes the um, the sunsets pink. I have been there obviously, and watched the sunsets on the cliffs uh, overlooking the ocean. Um, Chile is only a, a hundred miles wide or so, so you have you have the Andes Mountains and you have the ocean right there on both sides of you. Anyway, and I talked about how these volcanic reactions are going to start showing up in different parts of the world where you don't necessarily expect them. Um, also, the the uh, earthquakes, which are just you know moving up in in intensity. Um, the earth has to do its thing, so it's, it's moving things around and it will do so more in, uh, as the spring continues to come upon us. It doesn't feel too much like spring today for most people. Freezing up north in the United States and freezing down south, even snow in Atlanta or north of Atlanta. Um, Memphis has snow. Uh, you know, this is, this is March coming in like a line. It's kind of a foreboding thing, unfortunately. It's, you know, we're gonna have some, some weather patterns that are very, intense this year um, it's to keep us aware it's to help the earth to heal but it's it's a lot of it is really to keep us very aware of how winds of change are not always the best thing and they don't feel good um, they're not they're not comfortable for us um, what I'm going to talk about actually today is, is, I'm starting with the A's. <laughs> Maybe I'll go A to Z as the course of the year goes on. I don't know. But, um, people have asked me about Lori's picture on the site. Um, Lori Azarella is a reflexologist, massage therapist, a nutritional, um, instructor with Young Living, uh, has been Teaching and an instructor with with the International Institute of reflexology um, has been teaching for probably almost twenty years uh, has a lot of experience and when people go on our site, they see our pictures just there the three main people who who run this whole thing and um, and Lori has no hair and she doesn't wear a wig she doesn 't wear you know hair, to pretend that she has hair, at least not anymore, and a few people have written and asked about it, so we're going to talk about alopecia today. And There are lots of kinds, or at least a few kinds of alopecia that people are aware of. Alopecia areata um, is usually the first thing that people hear about because they will lose a a patch of hair, a little patch of hair uh, from their scalps uh, in the shower or while they're combing their hair, brushing their hair and get a little scared because it comes out and then you know it may grow back and then it comes out again or another patch comes out and uh, it's in different places on the scalp or even on the body where the hair starts to to go away. This is your first sign that you have a toxic Condition going on within your system that is usually metal related, um, but uh, Lori has uh, alopecia totalis. Now she did start losing her hair when she was about seven years old, um, in clumps. And so by the time she she was in high school, you know, she's wearing wigs at different times. And then as she got older and got married and started having children, and hormone balances changed, and the increase of uh, grains and sugars and and um, metals in the water that she was swimming in and toxic chemicals in the water that she was swimming in um, changed everything within her body right down to a cellular level so that <coughs> her autoimmune system just kind of started attacking her hair follicles, which is what happens with alopecia. It's actually your immune system that, th- that thinks that the hair follicles are a, um, a foreign substance, a foreign attacker, and so the body, not understanding that hair is a part of its blueprint, turns around and attacks it and kills them so that the hair falls out. Um, so she, she wore wigs for many years, except when she was home, of course, she'd take them off because who wouldn't? And, and, uh, most of her clients and, and many of her friends and, um, anybody that saw her outside had no idea that she didn't have any hair. Now, you have to understand that you don't just lose hair on your head. We have hair all over our bodies some of it more prominent than others, Um, and women know that, I guess, they're more aware of that than than men are, because women are always shaving the hairs off, and of course, the more you shave it, the more they reproduce, so if you start shaving when you're 13 years old, you start shaving your legs, you'll be shaving your legs forever, because you'll always have more hair every time you shave it, but, and then men know about it on their faces and they shave it, and the more they shave it, the heavier their beards become, so, um, again, that's another immune response, by the way, that as you cut the hairs and you attack the hairs, then the immune system says now something's attacking um, a part of our body that is supposed to, ha- supposed to be there. So the immune system, just like with cancer, starts replicating everything and, and increasing the cell reproduction so that you actually have more hair as you attack it. So that the best thing to do is just leave your body alone. Um, from the time you're born, I quit cutting things out of it and, and erasing things from it and um, adding chemicals to it to get rid of things you don't like because you're changing your whole blueprint. And the blueprint is what's so important. Um, Lori called me. She's a, I did not go to Baton Rouge this time to teach reflexology there in Baton Rouge this weekend, uh, Louisiana. <clears throat> and um, I didn't go. I've got some other things that are, that are going on that, that kept me from doing that. But she called me from the car because she's also teaching a, a essential oils class, and we had to have a discussion about what really happens with with cells. And the best way I can ex- could explain it to her is that you know, um, there's a couple ways I explain it. Actually, the cells are like a computer program. Um, first of all, our bodies are. We're programmed from way before birth from from the initial conception people usually just refer to DNA but we have a blueprint of energy it's the fourth layer of energy around our bodies that God gave us that says this is how your body is supposed to be built and where it's going to have its weak spots and where it's going to have its strengths and um, uh, you know how the roof will be and what the basement will look like and all of those things that an architect would do with a home or, or a building a commercial building or whatever Built for different things, just like the, the Twin Towers were built and everybody thought that they could take the winds and any small planes hitting them, but didn't understand that big planes and, and high fuels could knock them down. Um, so we have things, we have a blueprint in our body that says you can take this much stress, you can take this much uh, uh, change in your diet, in your air, your water, and when you get more than that, you start getting stress breaks, um stress fractures even within your mind, your body, and your spirit. It changes the way you look at the world when you have too much stress. It changes uh, uh, the way your immune system works, the way your metabolic system works, um, your digestive system, because it was programmed to do certain things. Now, when we we can dump all that memory when we've done a whole lot of bad things for some number of years and, and start over and try to clean the system out. But for those of you who are computer savvy, you know that no matter how much you clean your system out, even if you do a system restore to your computer, you still have leftover stuff sitting on that, that um, hard disk. And that hard disk has received all the information from the blueprint, from the original programs that tell it um, what you've done to this machine all this time and, and uh, you know, the stuff that you've accumulated and what's blocking the energy from flowing through your computer. Same kind of thing. I mean, we didn't invent computers because we're so smart. We used... What we know from life and and electronics and understanding memory, you know, random access memory, where if I'm trying to think of something right now, I'll my brain will automatically click on a file up there and open it up and say, "Oh yeah, that's right, that's what that is." Or read-only memory, where we may read and hear a million things, but we don't remember all of them. Um, uh, we have RAM within our computers that we use constantly. We're using that in our bodies. We have input and output those are the kind of basic things uh, you know when you, when I'm speaking and you're listening I am providing output to your input source and if you're not connected to what I'm saying if you have connection problems you're not going to understand me and it's going to come out as garbage garbage in garbage out um, so anyway so the programming thing is very is we didn't invent that and it's it's um... we use it in lots of ways other than computers and architecture but understand that that blueprint is the beginning of, of, um, of knowledge. It's the beginning of understanding what's going on when our bodies change and don't do what we want them to do. So Lori grew up in Western New York, North Tonawanda, New York, uh, had a canal and a river and two lakes that she actually lived on a, on a, um, uh, boat for a while, but went swimming a lot in in those places where at the time nobody knew that hooker chemical was dumping chemicals and and waste waters that were going into all of these water outlets were were polluting the waters to a point where it killed the fish for sure But, but she was absorbing Many of the toxic chemicals and, and other things that were in the water, that, that was a beginning because that depresses the immune system. But you also, when you do those things, just like I tell you in the shower, when you absorb those things into your body, they're into your body. They're in your cells. And if you're not aware of them, if you're not taking care of that... Um, and we, we wouldn't be as seven year old children or 12 year old children, or even those of you who are listening aren't always aware of what I'm talking about. Uh, they're into the cells, and the cells start replicating um, with the same program. So when a cell splits and, and dies, or half of it dies and the other half goes on, or whatever, there's a blueprint that says, oh, this person has, this particular person has. Um, you know, 67% metabolic waste within their systems, and we've been fighting it. So you need that information. So it passes that information on to the next cell, which says, "Okay, we're sick. We have 67% metabolic waste, <clears throat> and we're going to fight it." <clears throat> if you start cleansing it out, and, you know, the next time that the cells replicate, whether it's 30, 60, 90, or 120 days later, you might have lost one percent of of what you have accumulated. Um, but you're still 66%. And that could be, you know, and then you pick up something like you go swimming again in chlorinated water and you've, now you're back up to 67 or 68%. Have you ever defragmented your disc on your computer? Um, you 'll see where it says you have this much space this much space that was originally allocated and this much space that 's available and you start removing all these programs and everything else from your computer, trying to get rid of stuff because you don 't have space and you, you just move millions of things and, and you still only have three or four percent more space than you had when you started defragmenting and, and um, cleaning off the disc and getting rid of programs the same thing happens in your body you can you know if you keep being abusive for years and years and years it will catch up to you the disc will become full and, and no matter how much you try to keep changing it you're not going to get 100% well um, that's not to be discouraging that's to be uh, aware that we have things that we need to take care of on a regular basis, so that if we're already at sixty percent, we don't go higher. Uh, and and eventually, if if you start really taking care of yourself, you can knock that percentage down. We're all going to die. That's that's what we that's our debt um, for living. You know, there's a there's a cost for everything, and we live a life, and we said we'll come here and live this life, but God said, but then you have to pay that debt. Um, by dying and dying. So, so death is a part of living, as Forrest Gump's mother said. So, back to alopecia, um, understanding the blueprints and the programming and the replication and, and the toxicity. Um, oh. when the autoimmune system can't understand why these hair follicles are there because it is so blocked by, by the wastes and the chemicals and, um, whatever else has been going on in the body that is then increased by stress of any kind. The stress of going to school as a youngster, the stress of uh, family stuff that's going on. You have a blueprint that has now been all crumpled up like like um, uh, carbon paper, and you're trying to straighten it out, and it's got all these lines in it because you've already crumpled it up. And it's very difficult to get through to the immune system that this is not the way it's supposed to be. And, and it could never happen. It, it could be that one part of the immune system has just decided that this is how I was blueprinted and there's no way I'm going to change that. So, you'll see sometimes with people with alopecia totalis, which is what Lori has, that means you, have hair, you don't have hair in your nose, you don't have hair in your ears that protect you from from um, uh, particle pollution into your body. You don't have hair on your arms, you get cold because you don't have hair on your head to, to insulate you. Um... So, you have to wear hats or and, and you have to be careful of what 's going on with um, with breathing outside, and you know things happen, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> if you have that that going on, the immune system could eventually just say that there 's just no way that i can I can fight this. I have to fight other things now, if we were in a total utopia and wonderful um, uh, garden of eden and that's all you had left was alopecia then th- there's a good chance that you'd grow your hair back and it's, but as soon as you got stressed again the patterns in your body would say uh-oh there's the invader and go after that hair and you'd lose it again and laurie does that a lot she'll grow some hairs here and there in the other place and then the stress of working and bills and everyday stuff you know next time you see her then those hairs are gone because the the body just can't can't deal with that much stuff all at once, in relationship to uh, to that blueprint. So, um, what do you do then about alopecia? Well, you you you, <laughs> you you have to go further than what I usually tell people to go. Now, I tell people to do a lot of things, and I expect them to probably do seventy percent if I'm lucky. Um, with alopecia you tell people to do even more things and expect them to do seventy percent and it's about twenty five percent more than everybody else has to do because you really do have to get rid of the metal toxicity Um, and and people say well you know i don't have any metal toxicity i never swam in those places that's not where the only place it comes from. It comes from the air, it comes from the water that you're drinking, from the water you're bathing in, from the foods that you eat. If you really look at the ingredients and most of the foods that you eat, um, you're getting things that will bind together with the natural uh, elements in your body which are positively negatively charged which which then reflect back to the movement of the earth and what's in the earth and the magnetic fields around the earth that are then causing us to have electromagnetic fields around our bodies and in them and you start pulling those bonds together and if you've ever done if you ever seen like little magnets um, doesn't matter most people have seen some kind of magnet but you see those little tiny magnets or the magnetic particles in some of those toys where as soon as you put one down nine million more rush to it and, and that makes the mustache on that thing you know <laughs> that thing you used to draw with with the magnetic particles or you have little batteries from hearing aids or, or um, watches or whatever or shiny jewelry and you put one down and you've got ten other ones real close and they all just jump right to it and bind and it it's very difficult difficult sometimes to get them apart because the magnetic bond is so intense and that's what happens in our bodies I mean we have positively and negatively charged Elements within our bodies, just like the earth does. You've heard this before, and we have this magnetic field beneath us and above us and around us, and those magnets are constantly moving, which is supposed to give us life force. is supposed to give us movement. Um, if we have an overabundance of, let's say, um, two magnets <laughs> like magnesium or or copper or um, aluminum or things like that that are charged a certain way and don't have enough of the others to pull them and keep them apart we get this bond and it's like a big clump and that clump will block other things from doing what they're supposed to do so the, the channels in our body are blocked and uh, it's like anything else if you if you block it it won't work nothing flows the water won't flow if you if you crimp the hose and turn off the faucet it just won't flow um... you can turn the water around all you want and crimp the hose and you'll get a trickle because and you're not going to water your plants that way and that's what happens in our bodies. you get that that crimping of of materials and toxic wastes and metals etc so you could be somebody who never swam in is that the right word swam in any of those places but you still have alopecia or other autoimmune deficiencies going on well you probably ate things and you probably um, I have bathed in water that that is has more than seven hundred chemicals in it, and you have stresses in your life, and you eat wrong, and you and you used to smoke, or you did drugs, or you drink a lot, and I mean, just just adds to it. You have that filter, that liver in you that is supposed to filter out a lot of what you do, but it has five hundred jobs, and it can only take so much. So so that is going to break down a little bit. You've got your colon, which is supposed to get rid of the final wastes and, and be filtering process. but if it has too much going on, then it'll crack open. If you're dehydrated, you'll have little fissures and cracks that allow for the toxic chemicals to come back into your body. Um, so what are we saying? You know, it's, it's hopeless? No, it's not hopeless. <laughs> You, you may never grow hair again if you've had alopecia or, you've, or you have acquired it now. Uh, you may grow it and may go away again. Or you may get a full head of hair and be sad that you had it because you learned how to live without hair and that's a good thing. Um, but the, the point is, is that it is an immune deficiency and... And that's it's a red flag. It says you've got other things going on. And if you don't want your skin then to break down or your eyes to break down or your ears to break down or your colon or your liver to break down, then you need to pay attention to what you're doing and change the things that are going on in your life. Um, so the winds of change in spring, when, when spring comes in like a lion, March comes in like a lion, it's, it's warning us that there's going to be changes or you should make them. And it's not always going to be comfortable. It could be hot one day and freezing the next day. So you could have a fever one day and you could be, you know, totally chilled the next day. You could be all stressed out or you could be totally calm. Um, uh, it, that's what healing crises are that's what the healing process is is that you know if you've ever had a real bad flu or cold you're the sickest when you um, are starting to heal it's you you don't even realize it for the first few weeks while you're carrying this stuff around and it's attacking your body most people are unaware of it then all of a sudden your head is full and you're sneezing and coughing and you say, well, I'm sick. Well, you actually had been sick for several weeks. And now your body is finally getting to the point where it can't take anymore. So it wants to get rid of the toxins and it starts to push it out. And that's when you feel the worst. So you've got that process going on. Um, and then there's the psychology of not having hair. Also, the emotional part of not having hair that we, especially in America, believe that, boy, you hear that wind? That's coming in at 40, 40 miles an hour. Um, anyway, we have the, uh, the emotional thing that says if you don't have hair and you don't look perfect in America, then you're no good. You're not worth anything. And of course, that's being uh, propagated even more right now with the with what's going on on both sides of everywhere. Um, we have a lot of negative energy, negative, very negative energy, a lot of fear-mongering going on from the Democratic Party, and that allows us to spend things. It's, you know, the same fear that got you to go out and buy the car that was too expensive, or the television that was too big, or the clothes you didn't need, the shoes you shouldn't, shouldn't have bought more, the the makeup that you really didn't need more of, all those things that you have piled in the cellar, in the, in the garage, in the closets, and in the attic, um, that was all, a lot of that stuff comes from fear that you're not going to fit in, that you don't have as much as the guy next door um uh that if you don't buy it it will be more expensive next week that if you don't buy it, it it'll you know you won't be in fashion you won't be up with the joneses um, all those same advertising techniques that have made you a consumer in a very consumer driven society are the same tactics that are being used right now to to make you know that they want to spend more money so if you don't go along with this and let them spend then the world's gonna Blow up and go away and, and fall apart. So, you know, everybody go, oh, yeah, we got to spend, we got to spend. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into it. <laughs> and probably many of you don't want me to, but there's always a connection, you know, between what's going on with the earth, what's going on with our bodies, and what we are creating um, in our societies, in our politics, in our governments, in our world. And uh, just, you know, make the connection. Uh, a lot of fear stuff going on, a lot of retaliation and, and, and um, vindictiveness happening, a lot of negative energy, which of course is going to cause the weather to be explosive, and the earth to have to react, and our bodies to then also react. Um, And when your body reacts, your mind and your spirit reacts. So you can just it just is this it can be this never ending circle of destruction if we're not careful. So we have to try to be positive and we have to try to um see the world as a reflection of us and vice versa and and change things that way um, everybody voted for change well I, I didn't vote for this kind of change that's for sure I mean 3, three to 14 trillion dollars you, you understand that you, 3 trillion dollars my goodness you could spend a million dollars a day from the day Christ was born and still not make 3 trillion dollars by today um, so I, I, if, if I am depressed at all It is for my children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren, and and probably beyond that, because um, taxes are going to go up, and that is taxing. When taxes go up, it is taxing to you. Um, And this idea that we're supposed to be given everything, not from God, but from the government, who now thinks it's God, is not just un-American to me. You know, it's, it's like, uh, I was in sales for years, and you know that the top 2% do all the sales, and the rest of the people do a percentage of those sales. And you strive to be in that top 2%, not only so you make more money, but because of the personal satisfaction of knowing, as a competitive American, that you have done all you could to get to the top. Um, in school we used to strive for A's. Now it's like, Oh no, that's too much stress. Just everybody pass and that's it. Well, guess what that does to our psyches? That that and I'm not saying, you know, negative competition is good. But why do you think we enjoy sports so much? <laughs> People love to watch sports or participate in sports. And again, it's not just for the money. But there's a there's a, a competitiveness that is healthy. Um, that comes from uh, a good part of the ego uh, that God even likes to watch. You know, Native America, yeah, it, they, they, um, Native Americans believe that God enjoys watching us compete with each other in a good way. Not feeling bad when you lost or hurting the other person or any of that stuff, but doing, pushing yourself, pushing your body and your mind and therefore your spirit to a limit that says, this is who I am, this is how much I can do, and now I'm going to do just one foot better. And trying to do that, trying to to push the limits. And, and when we push those limits, we actually become stronger and we can see um, further. We can jump higher. We can run faster. We can do all those things because we have um, told our bodies not to sit back and, and be complacent and just be that way. Let's strive for more. And we do that in business. We do that In in these podcasts, we try to strive for more Um, with our children. We want them to be and have a better life than we did because we screwed up, so we try to stop them from screwing up, and we want them to to work hard at becoming all they can be. There's the the, uh, model for the SUNY system in New York, is let each become all they're capable of being. And, and I used to see that and I said, you know, okay, I will become all I'm capable of being and I will do lots of things in my life so that when I die, when I'm on my deathbed, I don't say, oh my God, what, what have I done? I wasted all those years or I didn't do all these things that I wanted to do. And it's not the bucket list idea of I want to go drive a car fast or I want to jump out of a plane. I mean, I've done those things. Um, but I, but I had goals, internal goals in my mind that said, you know, I want to, um, I want to make sure that I've, I've been to every state in the United States at least once, if not more, so I understand the country I live in. I want to make sure that I have, uh, uh, studied certain things so that I could write about them i've wanted to write books and write movies i've done that i wanted to make sure of course originally that i that i got a college education and i didn't get that college education until i got out of the service and why was that okay did I join the service because I wanted to go kill people? Did I join the Marines because I wanted to be, you know, a leatherneck? No. You know, I, I came from a working class background. Although my father was upperly mobile, um, he was in a small business, but that small business after 20 years, um, had trouble because of changes and, um, and, and, parties that were in office in Washington that changed the way taxation and tax breaks went and spending etc and so the business kind of went under and he had to go back out at a late age and start all over again so there was no money to go to college, although he had gone to college. And, and for his generation, that was very unusual. His father had a small business and made sure that his children, six of them, went to college, including the, the first girl, the only girl in the family that went to college. So, anyway, so, so I, I wasn't going to automatically go to college. And, and, um, and I, I didn't know if I really wanted, you know, 30, then $30,000 worth of loans to go to college. Um, So out of high school, I was working three or four jobs all from the time I was 10 years old. How many of your kids do that? How many of your kids can get up at four o'clock in the morning and go scrub a a floor at a restaurant and then, you know, hop on their bikes maybe and, and go pick? Um, berries and grapes or go work at the library or do whatever so that they come home at the end of the week with 30 or 40 or 50 dollars which they would think is nothing right now because their charge cards have a lot more than that on them but you know so i've been working all those years and that's not a bad thing i think that kids should have to in fact you want to um, stop using the excuse that that we have this immigration problem because there's so many Americans that won't do the jobs that the, Im- that the illegal aliens do well put the kids to work and you won't have to worry about it and if you have to teach your kids that it's a good thing to go dig a ditch and to go strive to to get out of McDonald's I, I couldn't believe this guy who was at one of Obama's rallies last week or whatever it was who, who said oh, I've been working at McDonald's for four years and don't you think I should be and he was an idiot and of course he's been at McDonald's for four years but now we're going to reward that. We're going to um, unionize McDonald's so that people get big benefits um, for working at McDonald's and they're going to want to stay there and not go higher. Uh, we're going to have universal education from from uh, preschool to past college. I guess they want to do universal education right up to your first child. If you have a child, then your your, your free education stops. <laughs> well, that'll stop propagation, that's for sure. Cause or if you hate school, you'll have kids right away because you don't care. Um, but <clears throat> universal education. <sighs> you know, I joined the Marines because it was a way of serving my country, getting um, uh, some of the things I needed, like a roof over my head and three meals a day. And then knowing that the benefits of serving my country would then help me to go to college. The VA, the GI Bill doesn't pay for your entire college. It pays for a portion of it, and then you take out the loans for the rest. So it helps you. Now they're just going to pay for everybody to go to college. Well, that kind of inflates everything and deflates everything. So, you know, where it used to be, you strove to try to get an education and a higher education, now everybody can have it, so who cares? Uh, If they're going to give everybody a house, not the ones of us who have paid for our houses and maybe had to move because we couldn't afford the apartments we were in first or we had to sell the house because things changed and we had to downgrade to a smaller house. None of those things are being rewarded. What's being rewarded is I wanted a bigger house, so I took out an illegal loan and couldn't afford it, so I want the government to take care of me. Uh, I think that we as Americans to show the rest of the world how to do this should go back to elevating the people who are who are at the bottom, trying to help them understand that you don't sit at home and take drugs and do all this stuff and, and expect the world to hand you things. You actually strive to be better. You work at it. You change the way you're talking. You don't wear your pants down beneath your butts. You don't, you know, dress like idiots and expect the world to hand you things. You don't take drugs every day and expect the world to hand you things. You don't. Go steal. (laughs) You don't lie. You don't go against any of the Ten Commandments and expect the world to hand you things. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. And you get smarter about how you're doing things. You don't look at the, the million, two million, five million dollar mansion when you're making. $35,000 a year and say, well, that's what I want so I'm going to go take out an illegal loan and see if I can pay for it and then I'll sell drugs to try to pay the mortgage or whatever you're going to do. You know, you say, I'm going to figure out how to become the person who can afford a $3.5 million house. Do I need to struggle a little bit and, you know, get more education? Do I need to go into business and and pay my dues and understand what's happening around me so that I can start making that kind of money? Or do I even really want the $3.5 million mansion? Because with it goes a lot of other things. And that goes right back to, to the alopecia thing, where the autoimmune system has attacked the body. Our autoimmune system in the United States is in big trouble because what we see as the enemy is not the enemy. (laughs) The things that should protect us, not the government, but ourselves, um, are being attacked by the government. It would have been much better to look at the world from when I was growing up and say, I need to get an education, I need to work hard, um, or hardly work, but work smart, and, and make myself a better person than it is today where everybody says, I don't need to do anything, I want... The government to give it to me. Well, whenever the government gives you anything, know that it is also in charge. If your parents say to you, as long as you live in this house, you'll do as I say. Now, the government is saying to you, as long as you take anything I give you, you do exactly as I say. We have universal health care, universal ho- housing, universal education, universal cars, universal energy. Um, uh, let's punish those who have, who have tried to do things right, and let's reward everybody who hasn't. Um, it's not the America I grew up in, and and, and uh, it's like the bald eagle and alopecia. It's becoming a real symbol to me. Um, we're being attacked from within, and, and we're not even aware of it. We don't realize we've gone through a coup. We don't, we don't hear the stories that we need to hear. We don't know about the Russian bombers that had to get scrambled by the Canadian Air Force when Obama went north. Um, we don't understand that four and a half billion dollars went to acorn acorn is the seed of of the mighty oak right so it's called acorn and when the mighty oak seed is dropped and more trees grow it's like they have more of the same people who are going to think that the world owes them everything because they're here and uh... And it goes on and on and on and on, okay? But, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm over my time and over my space limits, so I will just tell you to go to earthwalk-usa.com. Um, I did not get the body thing up there. We've had some computer things going on, uh, compatibility mostly, <laughs> Windows Vista versus Windows XP and all that stuff. And, um and been real busy, and uh, so those things aren't up there. I'm also going to take the classes off because I realized that I, I wrote and created all of these online classes uh, last September, October, November. And then when the computer got attacked, those are the things that went away. They, they never came back. And I'm not sure I have the time to rewrite them. They, even though they were saved in different places, those things are also gone. So maybe they weren't supposed to be there. I don't know. But anyway, go to earthwalk-usa.com. Get the books. They're still out there. Uh, you can learn a lot about all kinds of things going on in the world by reading those books and passing them on or, or asking others to read them. And um, there's two. So don't just get the one. You know, get both. And um and we'll go from there. And I'll be back as soon as I can. This is Raina G. Thanks for listening.